if I decide to wear a turban, or you decide to wear a cross, or he decides to wear a kippah or a skullcap, or she decides to wear a hijab or a burqa, does that mean that it is open season for right honourable members of this House to make derogatory and divisive remarks about our appearance? For those of us who, from a young age, have had to endure and face up to being called names such as Towelhead or Taliban or coming from Bongo Bongo land, we can appreciate full well the hurt and pain felt by already vulnerable Muslim women when they are described as looking like bank robbers and letterboxes. So, so rather than hide behind sham and whitewash investigations, when will the Prime Minister finally apologise for his derogatory and racist remarks? Salam and welcome to another TMV podcast brought to you by the Muslim Vibe. As always, I'm your host, Salim Qasim. And this week, I'm joined once again by Hussam. Here, here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that, that will make sense. Well, as in, if you've seen the title of this podcast, <laughs> I like that. That was nice. That was good, right? Before we before we talk about the podcast itself and, and the, the here, here element, um, quick shout out to InFocus Opticians in Baker Street, which is where we're actually recording this intro and we'll be recording Salim, the outro. in fact, asked me to follow him down to the basement of a store in Baker Street to film this and i was a little bit you make it sound so much shadier than it needs to be <laughs> it's pretty shady. um we we so we, we we were interviewing um tanmanjeet singh uh, the mp the labor mp um for slough uh in regards to comments that he made about the hijab talking to boris johnson in the house of commons a couple of weeks ago um on the way back we stopped off to get some food at baker street and then we realized that we didn't have an intro and outro we had very limited time in in the room that we were recording at portcullis house um in westminster and so i have a friend luckily shout out to imran lee who um who runs in focus opticians in baker street um who is now the official sponsor of this podcast um and he gave us his room downstairs to be able to record this so so here we are here we are uh with regards to the podcast itself um as i mentioned we spoke to, to the mp tan manjit singh uh, on a quite a wide variety of things. Yes, he's a, for those who don't know, he's a Labour MP, uh, and a video of his went viral uh, a while ago uh, because of the comments that he made to our current Prime Minister Boris Johnson yes. in regards to the hijab, in which he'd uh, basically said referred to women in hijab as bank robbers and letterboxes. Yeah. So. Well, dehumanizing, criminalizing Muslim women for simply observing their faith. Um, and his comments were made in a very passionate way. I think we'll have probably played the audio of, the, of that before this. So you'll have for heard. Sure. And, and there was an immense amount of passion. Um, and, and that really, I guess, uh, people really resonated with the sentiment of what he was saying. And for those who haven't seen the visual, this is a man, a Sikh man yes. uh, who wears a, a turban and he is the first turban wearing, wearing MP. mp in our parliament correct um yeah and if this is the first time that you've come across the muslim vibe podcast um i i definitely encourage you to subscribe um and check out the other podcasts we've done in the past um some real look out for the ones that i'm in because i think they're the best ones so, to be honest Hassan is a bit of a hit and miss co-host <laughs> for those of you that are coming in fresh um i come in on the the best ones yeah he, he'll whenever there's someone that he's like either following <laughs> or he, he likes you know he, i'm he, an opportunist he's suddenly available um 
but yeah no definitely be sure to check out the podcast um more broadly subscribe tell your friends whatever else um i think that's it without further ado here's our conversation with tan manjit singh desai aka tan so tan thank you very much for joining us um and i think before we say anything on behalf of uh the muslim vibe listeners my my dad my dozens of aunts and uncles that afforded me this on whatsapp my entire family tree literally muslims everywhere um we just want to thank you for for what you did at pmqs um speaking to boris johnson and, and oh, well, speaking through the speaker but addressing boris johnson and addressing islamophobia and his comments yeah. um it's something that as muslims there are various muslim mps that speak passionately about islamophobia and, and do a lot of work in that yeah. area yeah. but i think this is probably the first time um that we've heard it from someone that isn't a muslim uh, and, and i know obviously mp's do address it sorry to to yeah. want to get everything out i'm i'm very passionate <laughs> right now but people do address it but there was a certain uh emotion and fire yeah. um in the way that you were speaking that it was from the heart and that was very apparent and and so genuinely i think which is very appreciative as muslims um and especially for you know muslim women wearing the headscarf wearing the niqab yeah. who face discrimination on a regular basis i know and like when we asked people what they wanted to what questions they had for you a lot of them said we don't have any questions we just want to say thank you right. so thank you very much thank you very much salim and thank you very much uh, husam uh, and thank you very much to the muslim uh, vibe podcast it's great that you're here today in parliament uh, i am uh, touched by your very very kind introduction uh, that's greatly appreciated and look you know as you've already said lots of good people on a cross party basis uh, have been calling out racism have been calling out um, you know various forms of racism uh, and in terms of islamophobia a lot of good people uh, have been saying that whether they're muslim whether they're non-muslim those parliamentarians uh, and other activists yeah. have been doing so uh, i am the vice chair of the all party parliamentary group for british muslims So there once again on a cross party basis many of us have been asking with regards to that particular apology from the now uh, new prime minister uh we'd been asking for over a year since he made, made those incendiary yeah. remarks uh in 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 his newspaper column but there wasn't a response there wasn't apology they had this uh, investigation and like i said it was a sham it was a whitewash So um you know we'd asked Theresa May who was a then prime minister other colleagues had asked for an apology uh we uh, were also aware uh, even conservative you know many fair minded conservative colleagues were aware about the problem of islamophobia within the conservative party uh, when you've got 40% of the membership that think that muslims are a threat to the UK absolutely ridiculous and diabolical as that sounds yeah that is the you know the harsh reality so that you know with that background many of us were saying look come on it's about time that you had this independent inquiry into islamophobia you promised it uh, and it was good actually to see the candidates uh, the the new prime minister uh, candidates coming out yes you know we're going to have an independent inquiry so whether it was boris johnson sajid javed and whatever else so i just basically replayed to them what they had been what saying said, yeah. and it needed to be said and you're right about the passion because look for someone who has experienced uh, um, you know hate crime himself when i was at school somebody tried to pull off my turban uh, wow. and i know what that feels like when you when it takes you down a few notches yeah. it, the dent to your self confidence that that has 
so that is why I said, look, you are you made those remarks against already vulnerable women. Yeah. Uh, and you know, whatever anybody, if I decide to wear a turban or if somebody decides that they want to wear a hijab or a burqa or whatever, that that is their choice. But you know, there's always time for a debate in terms of liberalism, in terms of you know what people wear or don't wear. But things need to be done in a right manner, you know, in a respectful manner. You can't be just making you know these off-the-wall comments and think that that doesn't have an impact on people's lives. For sure. And there was research that showed the spike in hate crime the week after, just in the week after those comments. 375% increase. So I wasn't wow. just basing it on random well, recently, anecdotes. Right? The, the That's findings. it. Yeah. So many of us were aware that this is what happened because we'd, uh, where there have been incidents whereby um, Muslim women had had eggs or tomatoes thrown at them. People try to you know pull off uh, uh, women's Head hijab and so yeah. on. So I just basically put those into context, mm. and I thought it was very pertinent that that particularly pertinent that it should come from somebody like me. Uh, who wasn't a Muslim? As a man, you know, it's uh, you know, it, it it was impacting women more than men. So I think that was also uh, another context setting as well. Sure. But for various reasons, we need to make sure that we stand up for others. Just because I'm not a Muslim doesn't mean that I can't stand up for Muslims or Christians or whatever else. You know that. Yeah. Uh, and as I'm at pains to explain to others, because. Um, while you guys are feeling the love and uh, a lot of other people were as well, uh, there were uh, very, very uh, right wing or racist uh, people on on social media uh, who had a field day saying, look, you know, what are you talking about Muslims? Why are you doing this, this, that and the other? Yeah. Uh, so for to them, my thing was that, look, if you don't stand up for others, when it comes to our turn, nobody will be standing up for us. So it's sure. our job to be standing up for everybody else, yeah. especially when we think someone someone's done something wrong. For sure. But, and if we if we can just take it a few steps back, just to see yeah. your background and um, how you came to be in your position. Yeah. Uh, so we understand that you grew up in Slough, um, originally from so-called Bongo Bongo land. I mean, growing up, <laughs> <laughs> right. how how is it as a minority growing up in this country? Yeah. Um, obviously, growing up in you know as part of a earlier generation, um, yeah. part of a big migration to this country. Uh, how was it growing up in your specific area and yeah. more widely interactions with um, you know the wider society growing up here in in London, uh, in London and around London, yeah. and in Slough particularly? Okay, Hussam, uh, you're right. My uh, grandparents emigrated here in the 60s. My parents emigrated here in the 70s. I was born uh, and uh, you know raised in the Slough area. Uh, but when I was about four and a half, I actually went out to the Punjab in India uh, wow. and studied there for four years. Okay. Because my parents, even though they'd come from a different land, uh, I won't repeat it again in terms of uh, what you've just said, uh, but that was important that... Um, for them that I've got the best of both worlds for so sure it was for that reason why they uh, thought look you know go out there let's um, uh, learn how to uh, read and write speak Punjabi Urdu Hindi etc so yeah. I, I still to this day appreciate that move uh, because it helped me to appreciate other languages other cultures and I carried that on by the way when I came back as well uh, but then um, I spent a lot of years in, in a town called Gravesend in Kent Great. Uh, and yeah, so for the most part, I've had a very, very positive experience. Yeah. You know, I'm born and brought up in Britain. I am proud to be British. Sure. But identity itself uh, is very, very contextual. 
So you've got certain times when you're proud, uh, you know, as a turban wearing Sikh, when I'm proud to be a Sikh if I'm in a, in a Gurdwara setting. There are times uh, when, uh, if it's an Asian setting, you know, you're proud to be Asian. You're, uh, there are times when I'm watching the England football team, yeah. I'll be proud to be English. If you're watching the Olympics team, you're proud to be British, etc., etc. So that is why I'm saying identity is very contextual. Sure. But growing up, you have got people who are either bringing people together in terms of spreading love, Yes. Or you've got others that are spreading hate. So uh, I, along with others uh, like yourselves, you know, if you uh, raised it, you'll know that we're not immune uh, to racism and racist incidents. So when I was a lot younger at school, some, as I said, uh, you know, most of it was very positive. Yes. But there were negative incidents. But I didn't let those scar me because I think that's another thing that um, your listeners, I hope that they take on board. Even if you've got negative people, the best way is to turn a negative into a positive. Sure. Yeah, because most people are good, fair-minded people. Uh, and just because somebody from a different color or a different faith or a different background says something to you, we shouldn't tar everybody of that particular community with that 100%. same brush. 100%. Yeah. So, so I think one thing that's quite interesting is that with regards to um, the Muslim-Sikh relations, uh, it's, it's always been, there's always been some sort of uneasy tension there and there's, I, I almost feel like it's the fear of the unknown. Mm. Like we don't know what's going on in Sikhs' heads, and Sikhs don't know Sikhs don't know what's going on in Muslims' heads. And and there's this uh, uneasy tension and history maybe that goes back to kind of India. And I, I again, being someone that's brought up in the UK, I've lived here my whole life. I don't know the backstory. I don't know the context. Okay. But I know that like amongst communities, there is like an unease. So um, and, and sorry to, mm. to just finish the the point. What's what was even more striking about you speaking out in that way, and now that I, I wasn't actually aware that you were the deputy on the APPG for British Muslims, yeah. but that's striking in itself yeah. because that's already breaking barriers. And the fact that you spoke out for Muslims, for, you know, for hijabi Muslims in itself is significant. Um, and yeah. No, look, uh, Salim, um, being a history student, my MPhil was actually in history, in South Asian history and its connections with Britain. So uh, I'm aware of the positive and negative aspects of history. Yeah. Uh, with regards to Muslim Sikh relations, uh, there have been many instances uh, of good things happening and many th- instances of negative. Uh, but rather than dwell upon negativity, uh, of what had uh, been done by the rulers of that uh, particular time uh, and you know their persecution against certain minorities uh, that isn't what we should be dwelling on there are a lot of positive instances let me take you in terms of as a, a quick history lesson mm-hmm. uh, many of your listeners may not be aware that the Sikh gurus, uh, obviously um, uh, the sp- spiritual teachers and masters within the Sikh faith, uh, so akin to uh, a teacher or a prophet, that they, uh, the, the the fourth guru, actually set up the city of Amritsar. And when the fourth and fifth guru, you know, when uh, the, the, the foundation stones for arguably the most revered or visited site within the Sikh faith, the Harmandar uh, Sahib, the Golden Temple, as it's known in Amritsar, the foundation stone for that, the Guru got a Muslim saint to lay the foundation stone to that, wow. Sai Miyamir. Uh, and Sai Miyamir was also the individual when uh, the fifth Guru was being persecuted to death, which is eventually what happened by the, the Mughal ruler of the day. He was the one that stood up for the Guru and said, look, I will uh, personally go up against 
you know, the rulers of the day because they are discriminating on the basis of faith. Uh, if we go to other examples within the Sikh faith, uh, you've got Pir Shah, who's another very uh, revered saint uh, uh, within the Muslim community, uh, that they stood up for, for the Sikh gurus uh, at that time. Uh, you've got lots of positive uh, and negatives, you know, whether it's people from the Muslim faith, whether it's pr- uh, people from the Hindu faith, etc., etc. Now, another no- less known fact, which uh, it's good that you've asked that question because it will enlighten some of your listeners about the things that we share in common. Now, the sure. sacred Sikh scriptures, yeah. known as the Guru Granth Sahib, they contain the teachings yes. of Muslim uh, saints, of Hindu saints, of people from other backgrounds and traditions, yeah. along with the Sikh Guru. So when the Sikh Guru uh, you know, bestowed guruship, as in said that from henceforth, you should consider the Holy Scriptures as your guide, uh, they said that these are the people who we believe have attained salvation, that they have uh, uh, attained uh, a, a higher uh, consciousness. Yeah. So you could see from there, uh, if if it's good enough for the Guru, it's yeah. good enough for me. For sure. Uh, if they have given uh, such a high status, so uh, Baba Faridji, for example, another very, very uh, uh, well-revered, uh, saint amongst uh, the the Muslims within the Punjab uh, or from northern India, you can see context of history mm. which bind us together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that is why what we've always got to see that in in life in general there are people that either bring people together, spreading the message of love yeah. uh, and, and unity, or there will be those that dwell on hatred and division and For seek sure. to divide us. Yeah. So that is what what I think we should be taking from history. What I love about that is I think as someone, as a community leader, as someone working in uh, in politics, in um, you know, in our communities, I think that's uh, a very commendable attitude to have towards these things. I think we we all try to take a, a, a note from that in terms of trying to look at the positives of those who may be somewhat different to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and coming more to, towards today, as a yeah. as, as a man who grew up in a in a community that's you know very diverse, yeah. um, and coming into this role in in politics in parliament, yeah. um, I think there is definitely a lot of positivity around, and um, mm. I think there is a note to to mention in terms of being the minority and being the other. Yeah. How was it for you deciding to take this career path and coming into parliament, and how was it as the first? Uh, I believe the first turban wearing um, MP yeah. uh, in Parliament, if, if yeah, I'm correct. correct yeah. um, how, how was that experience being? And can I just also commend mm. you on that because breaking boundaries and barriers, mm-hmm. I think, is so significant for all all communities. Agreed. So when I when I when I realised that you were the first turban wearing politician, yeah. up until that point, I didn't realise that was a thing that no yeah. one with a turban has been an MP. And then when you realise that actually this is like years and years of just a vacuum there yeah. of someone representing your people in that way and someone who you know has the the history the background the, the context that you have yeah. that's something that needed to be filled so congratulations on that as well uh, um and yeah what was what was that whole how, how was 
how was that for and, you? Uh, thank you guys in terms of being the first ever turban wearing Sikh uh, in, in the British Parliament or indeed in any European Parliament wow. uh, as I said in my maiden speech uh, that uh, we've we collectively as in you know the pe- good people of Slough or the wider British community the Labour Party and so on that we have broken uh, a glass ceiling uh, and sure. you know I also am very, very aware of the huge responsibility uh, that is now on my shoulders because in terms of those uh, that look different, if I don't equip myself uh, very well within the chamber or elsewhere within uh, how I'm serving uh, the, the Slough community or the country, that will reflect then badly upon anybody that looks different, that looks like me. In particular so you know I, I was taken aback and uh, another thing that I mentioned in my maiden speech in 2017 was that I was really taken aback by somebody uh, who uh, I went up to a wedding up north uh, and uh, some Sikh elderly gentleman you know who didn't know from Adam he came along and he goes like with literally with tears down his eyes and he goes I didn't think that in my lifetime we'll have somebody looking like me sitting in Parliament Wow in in a Parliament that at one time uh, ruled over you know the subcontinent and so on. Obviously, it was a bit more of a, a, a another context uh, as mm-hmm. far as he was concerned. But that you know is, is not a fact that's lost on me. But in terms of uh, looking different or whatever, that I've never let that uh, hold me back. Whether it was at school, I knew I was in a minority. Less than 0.5% of the people would have wear a turban, you know, or a patka um, uh, in terms of the head covering uh, for Sikhs. Uh, even when I was at uh, university, uh, I was well aware. But I think you've just got to have that self-confidence. For sure. And the way that uh, I would look upon it, and, and when I served as mayor the, uh, the, a few years ago, the, my mayoral theme was integration. Yes. So what the message that I took out to the community was that, look, we should be proud of our own distinct identity, whatever yep. that may be. But at the same time, we should be proud of our shared heritage, the things that bind us together. And for those of us who are born and brought up in Britain, we should also be proud to be British. For sure. That was important that as a message coming from a minority community from... Uh, and somebody who was young, comparatively young, I know you might not think I'm young now, but um, uh, or at least my wife tries to tell me that. But that is important because so often, whether it's young people or whether it's people from minority background, the press are not as uh, sympathetic uh, yeah. or we might not be painted in the best possible light. So we need to be that positive message. Yeah. If we want to have that change, then we need to be affecting that. You yeah. know, you mentioned something. You alluded to um, the, the old uncle that came up to you up north. You alluded yeah. to kind of notions of colonialism yeah. um, and, and going back to times like that and mentalities like that. And I feel that, and it's something we've discussed on our podcast in the past, um, I feel that whilst colonialism may not exist in, in that sense, mm-hmm. people still have colonized minds. Mm-hmm. where we're thinking in that way, where there is this us and them mentality. There's a hierarchy in people's heads, yeah. which is why I think the approach that you've taken in terms of diversity, inclusion, yeah. and breaking barriers and not using or letting your um, physical appearance or whatever it is that makes you unique yeah. um, hold you back. Agreed. I think that's, that's crucial and key. Yeah. And, and even uh, to add on to that, not only, obviously, you mentioned an elderly Sikh man, but me as a Muslim man, yeah. who maybe visibly I only carry a beard that yeah. identifies me as a Muslim. Carry it very well. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. He's giving me competition, you know, actually, yeah? <laughs> but honestly, it's inspiring to me to see that you, as someone who shows a, a physical 
um, yeah. religious association is, you know, very uh, the way in which you talk about it. Yeah. Um, but for those of our listeners and those people who may be hoping or uh, may look to one day yeah. follow a career in politics, mm-hmm. in parliament, as community leaders, uh, what would you say to them um, in terms of the approach they should take and um, the way that they should hold themselves and also, if I can just come in and comment here quickly, yeah. I feel like, you know, people always talk about the disconnect yeah. between uh, the lay people, the grassroots and politics. Mm. Um, and just before we started filming the podcast, we were talking about the House of Commons. Yeah. Um, and I find it very jarring, the whole thing of you're addressing Boris Johnson, but you're talking to the speaker. That's right. About, and it's just like, I understand there needs, and we, we had this brief discussion about there needs to be structure and decorum and formality. Yeah. But I'm sure you appreciate and understand that for a lay person who might not be watching PMQs every week, yeah. um, to kind of see this structure and see that the people representing them on the ground, mm-hmm. the people who are their spokespeople that are, that are doing their bidding for them, yeah. are kind of conducting themselves, or well, number one, with Brexit in a very unruly way generally. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a mess at the moment, let's yeah. be honest. But at the same time, it's, it's, it's a, a sort of structure and forum mm-hmm. that's just so unrelatable. Yeah. So again, as, as you were on your journey and for people that are looking to get into the journey of getting into politics as minorities, yeah. what kind of advice, feedback, thoughts do you have to offer? Yeah. Look, first things first, uh, we can't afford to be disconnected. We need to make sure that we are participating fully in the mainstream. That is crucial because there's no point just talking amongst as minorities within their own small spheres. You know, it's all good you know, talking to each other and feeling good and whatever, but we should not be segregated. We can't be living in silos. We need to participate in the mainstream. Yeah. End of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we want to make a positive difference. Now, uh, for those that are interested, please, please do take part. You know, whatever you're passionate about in terms of politics, whether it's media like yourself, because you're, uh, believe me, with your platform, you can make a huge positive difference. Whether it's those that are engaged in charities, uh, you know, whether it's in terms of taking your kids to a, a football or a netball club or whatever, those people are taking time out uh, to bring people together. So all of that is extremely important. Now, Salim, the point about uh, addressing things through the speaker or uh, parliamentary protocol. I think if we were engaged, say, for example, in a business meeting, uh, for those that are, you know, are engaged in business or if you're, you go to a community meeting, everything would be addressed through the chair. So I think you need to have certain traditions or certain uh, structures in place mm. in order to ensure that things aren't unruly, that if we are engaged in a community meeting or a business meeting, that there should be one person chairing it and we channel through them. So uh, uh, that is why, and obviously I, 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 I'm aware, guys, in terms of you know the right honourable gentleman or Mr. Speaker and so on. Those terms, uh, if you've watched BBC Parliament enough or if you watch PMQs enough, you, you kind of get used to those uh, things. Yeah, yeah. But that is also to ensure that we have uh, a courtesy in place and that decorum. So that's why we would say honourable gentleman, a right honourable gentleman. Why we wouldn't say, look, you're lying or you don't try to denigrate uh, uh, you know, uh, the debate. I know the Prime Minister also used a four-letter word beginning with S, but that a lot of us took a grave exception to that because what you're doing you're bringing the level of the chamber down that's not where we want to be you know we need to to ensure that people are conducting themselves in a respectful manner the thing is i would arguably say that it's it the the standard is not very high already 
Yeah. Whilst, whilst the, the Hopefully not from me, brother. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> Hopefully you're seeing that. Yeah. Even, even if I was angry at uh, no, uh, Boris uh, Johnson, I, I was still doing it in you know, measured language. What I mean is, sure. what I mean is that like you were you were berating him, yeah. although again through the proper way. But you were yeah. ber- you were having a go at him, which is fine. Yeah. Which, which needs to happen, and, and it happens yeah. in business meetings, happens everywhere. Yeah. But in terms of the the way, like for example, I've seen when. At times when Jeremy Corbyn is speaking, and you get jeering from the other side, and, yeah. and vice versa with Boris Johnson, but it's like whilst there is due process and there's no clapping, for example, yeah. you're not allowed to clap, but you can make noises apparently. To a you point. can say hey, 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 hey Salim, yeah. well said. <laughs> order, order. Yeah, order. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I tell you what, nobody does it quite like Mr. Speaker. Oh, yeah, that's, that's going to be a, bit of a yeah. when he's gone, it's going to be a. a there are one, so many it? little videos and memes and whatever else uh, oh, uh, about him. Yeah, oh. but uh, but I tell you, look, look in terms of uh, you know um, the way that we address each other. Yeah. I think it is important that uh, there there are those niceties in place because yeah, yeah. otherwise things just degenerate. We well, that's not where we should be going. So I, I'm I'm gonna I, I, there's a couple more things I want to discuss. So I'm gonna yeah. move on. I'm gonna mention one thing that I think is yeah. just bizarre and and for me is everything. I'm just gonna say black rug. Right. And and there, we'll end the conversation there if you're <laughs> right. But like this is where he's got a nice black rod. Yeah, anyone is, listening? Yeah? This is where this is where for me the 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 history of it all the and all of that and, and yeah. the, the the traditions they're just lost on people. I don't think that within the kind of parliamentary bubble people understand. But as I said, let's let's move on. There's one thing that I like that I got the last word in there. That's Don't worry, you can have the last word, mate. I might have, <laughs> yeah. I might have a future in politics if I can do this. <laughs> so, um, no, what I wanted to speak about, and this is coming to more serious matters, um, one of the other questions that came in from our listeners quite recurrently was Kashmir. Right. Um, you're of Indian heritage, yes, I believe. Um, and currently the situation in Kashmir is, as I see, quite perilous. Um, the actions that are being taken out by the Indian government, um, the way they're doing it is... Yeah. A lot of people are saying undemocratic, it's unlawful. There's been a 40-day media and internet blackout mm-hmm. um, within Kashmir, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I was just wondering what your perspective is on the whole Kashmir situation and yeah. what you're doing individually. Because I know also, being from Slough, you must have a lot of constituents also from yeah. the region. Um, and it must be a topic that's quite important to you and to your constituents. So um, where do you stand on the whole Kashmir issue? Yeah, on the Kashmir issue, Salim, uh, you're right to point out that within the very diverse community, we've got people uh, of Kashmiri background as well. And I have uh, allayed, uh, you know, uh, or relayed some of the concerns that they have had in terms of the safety and well-being of their families, uh, not being able to communicate with people out there. Uh, in terms of issues around human rights abuses and so on. My stand on Kashmir, uh, for anybody that wants to know, for has been there for several weeks uh, since the Article 370 was abrogated. Uh, that is there on my Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Snapchat, YouTube, etc. profile. So anybody can go and type in Tandesi and you'll be able to see all, all of that. Uh, and I have been consistent in my stance that, look, we need to respect human rights I'm not in favor of a communications blackout, the curfew and so on. Uh, And that is something that we have worked collectively, by the way. It's not just me saying it. Uh, There is an all-party parliamentary group for Kashmir. Uh, I'm a vice chair on that. 
so along working with other like-minded uh, individuals on a cross-party basis, we have had meetings with uh, the minister, uh, and we have sent out letters. So, so you know, some my, uh, letters they're public, along with various other letters uh, to um, uh, the foreign secretary, to the prime minister. Uh, the APPG for uh, Kashmir, have, we've also written through our chair to the UN that, look, we need to ensure that human rights are respected, that Kashmir is at the, are at the heart of things. We can't just have uh, willy-nilly, you know, just uh, to abrogate or take uh, away statehood for those people. No. And I've said this, by the way, uh, Salim, uh, Osam, not just while I'm sitting here in the comforts of London and Westminster, when I was out uh, in Delhi, uh, having meetings with um, you know with individuals, uh, senior individuals, my stance then was consistent as well. Uh, if you do a search uh, on uh, Indian newspapers, you will also see that I said, look, uh, this uh, you know I'm not in favour of what has just happened out there, and we need to ensure the safety and security of those people, and that sure. they need to have a voice. Hundred um, percent. And I think going on from that, uh, maybe. Uh, was there any more notes? On no, 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 that's yeah. It. So I think coming back to the um, the situation that occurred mm-hmm. um, in 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 Parliament with uh, Boris Johnson, what were your thoughts on his response? So um, a lot of people saw the video snippet of the words the words that you made yeah. to him. Um, I believe not many, not as many people heard his response. So what were your thoughts on his response? Definitely, I wouldn't be holding back. Oh, look, I think that that was a pathetic response because I didn't need to know his family tree. Yeah. If, if he's got Muslim heritage or if he's got Sikh relatives yeah. and whatever, you know, uh, that is neither here nor there. You know, uh, as I would like to point out that I have got a white Scottish aunt. Uh, I've got Polish relatives. That doesn't mean that I can just uh, have carte blanche and say whatever the hell I like about Scottish people or Polish people. You know, that isn't the way things are done. You know, you can't say, oh, look, I've got a Muslim friend. I know Salim, so I can just say anything against Muslims. No, 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 that We're not going to have that. Mm. And he is accountable for what he said. Uh, you know, And he knew full well well, you know what, what he was doing because he's a journalist he's been in you know somebody who's been in public life either as an elected representative he served as a mayor he served as a foreign secretary uh, and uh, writing countless columns uh, i know he was sacked twice uh, in terms of telling lies uh, with regards to his career at the times or whatever but that right well, let's part that to one side he knew by using those loaded terms he was playing to a particular base well that might have worked to a particular base in terms of Conservative Party members and, and his pursuit for power, but it wouldn't work now when he needs to go and try to unite the nation. Well, look, he needs to apologise. He didn't apologise, and instead he started talking about a diverse cabinet and so on. Well, look, just because you've got a Muslim chancellor, what use is a Muslim chancellor if he doesn't stand up for those Muslim women when he is on record for having said that, oh, look, I think that there should be an independent inquiry on Islamophobia. And now his silence is deafening. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What, when is he yeah, going to be yeah. taking a, a stand? 
Uh, and that is why I mentioned both of them because they're in the two most senior posts yeah. and that response was just inadequate. By the way, if somebody in our party had said those same things and, you know, whether it was issues regarding antiseptic, the likes of me are saying, look, there shouldn't be any anything of that sort. You know, we could and should have done better. We will hold those same people to account. Yeah. If somebody said something against Sikh people, I will be the, once again, if it was against Christian people and so on. But those people, if they've said those things, they need to have that independent inquiry on in Islamophobia. There needs to be an apology. And until that apology is coming, don't worry. We will be making sure that we will be raising this issue. Uh, so, you know, and, and hopefully the, the yourselves within the media and other people out there listening, listening will also be sending emails to our dear Prime Minister and Chancellor mm. that when are they going to stand up? When are they going to apologise? And when are they are going to have this independent inquiry? It's an interesting unplanned question. Don't worry, it's not like a... Don't worry, I'm constantly getting Google thrown <laughs> in, Celine, so you're more than welcome so, to have so any understanding. Here's the question, right? Like, <laughs> well, not, not as if I knew any of your questions in the first place, yeah? So, uh, so uh, I'd also point, like to point that out to, uh, to listeners, is that I didn't know any of your questions, yeah, so with, it's with just all, all off the cuff, yeah? Me and Hassan didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> all right, oh my God. <laughs> we, just, we just came in here for a good time. All right, oh, brilliant. We were right, sitting okay. in science and we thought we'd stop by. Good, um, good. So, okay, no, the, the question is, right, because... Constantly, as like community activists on a grassroots level, yeah. we're always trying to lobby our MPs. We're always yeah. trying to apply pressure. Yeah. My question is, how do you feel the most pressure? In terms of what most pressure? Is, is, it, is it like if you're getting a dozen or hundreds of emails, yeah. or is it tweets, or is it Instagram? And, and I'm, I'm just yeah. curious to know because I assume it's very similar for other people. Like oh, if you're yeah. getting loads of negativity on Twitter, yeah. is that even affecting you? No, I think now uh, in terms of social media, any haters, uh, negative uh, or racist people, the, we, just a simple process, uh, you just block. But yeah? I don't, I, I don't, mean, not, it, I don't yeah. mean it from a perspective of people, um, death threats or anything like that. Yeah. I mean in terms of like, let's say your stance on um, the NHS is crap. Yeah. Right. And I want to be like, actually, you know, you should say this about the NHS. Yeah. What's the best way of like getting like grinding yeah. your gears a little bit? What's, what's going to get in there? That, so in terms of uh, any casework, anything that needs to be taken up officially, yeah. email is the best way. So that is how we gorge opinion. Yeah? No, I want you to feel yeah. pressure. How do I make you feel no, pressure? No, that is how you feel pressure because that's how you, you know, look, I'm one of those people that I won't be bullied into doing one thing or another. Okay. So if I, if all the haters come out on a particular thing, you know, if I'm not Sikh enough, if I'm not Muslim enough, if I am not... Uh, you know, slough enough or if I'm not British enough or yeah. wh whatever, you know, might be the flavor of the month. That isn't something that I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to be bullied. I've, I've never, you know, my parents is, as we say in Punjabi, so we, we, you know, you stand your ground. Mm -hmm. But if um, I was to say an official way of gorging opinion and seeing, feeling the pressure within the community as to, you know, where the pulse is, Emails are the best thing. So mm -hmm. if in terms of your local MP, if you feel strongly about something, write in. Uh, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. You know, that's all fine and dandy, but it, that's not really how. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it, but it is important it, for for me. It's my small little newspaper. It's my podcast. It's my thing. That's how. If somebody wants to know what I'm feeling or what my views are on a particular issue, what I've been, the work that I've been doing in Slough or in Parliament or further beyond. It will all, uh, you know, those sort of things are there. So they, they don't need to rely on what a newspaper is saying. Uh, you know, they can, they've got it directly. Now, that's, that's another important point, by the way, uh, to, to your listeners. Please don't rely 
on the messages that you get on WhatsApp or on Facebook, etc. Because there is more misinformation than information. Sure. The newspapers that you read will have an impact on your thinking. Uh, and a lot of the media, more than 90% of the media, they're anti-labor, but we've not let that hold, uh, hold us back because we just put things on social media. Mm-hmm. But the best way to connect uh, with the MPs, it's, I would definitely say, write in. Okay. Uh, emails and letters are the best way. And we're, we're coming very close to the end. I've slightly overstepped. I hope you don't mind. No problem. In terms of time. Uh, you can't say anything now. You can't say no. <laughs> well, we might get kicked out of the room, right? Yeah, we we might might us, uh, we're yeah. still within the room time. But anyway, so, so the last question is just, again, on a, on a much lighter note. In terms of uh, the response yeah. that you've had, what has that been like? Mind-blowing. I'll tell you what, overwhelmed. Uh, I've had thousands and thousands of emails, messages. Uh, uh, the thing got more than 100 million views, which is absolutely ridiculous. That wasn't something I wasn't expecting. Uh, aired on channels around the world. I think you were, though. You, you, had, got, you had the, like, the you red got, turban, the red tie. You, had, you knew this well, is the yeah, day. I'll tell you what, I've worn that red <laughs> turban and that red tie before. It, it, it hasn't quite worked. No, that But I'll tell you what, in terms of labor responses, whether it was from my colleagues, yeah. I wasn't expecting any clapping. Like I said, that you know that doesn't happen in the chamber. I was so wasn't taken away. At no, all. no, no, no. Don't, don't worry. I, I hadn't uh, got my colleagues to say, look, just big up tan in the middle of the thing and having those applause. But whether it was that, whether it was Jeremy's response, you know, I'll tell you what, when I was extremely touched by his words afterwards, because I met up with him and his team, he goes, look, that was the best ever PMQ I'd ever heard. And for wow. someone who has been there, done that, got the t-shirt, has been there for decades, for him to say that, uh, and then his social that's media big. team, they said, look, that's the most shared video that's, that's been that's on, on, on Jeremy's platform. I said, whoa, whoa, one minute. That, yeah. you, then you kind of, then it gradually begins to uh, soak in as to what has just happened. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's more to do with the message and what I was trying to say, holding power to account, uh, doing things, uh, you know, coming from a different angle. Like you said, it was a man speaking up for women. It was, you know, a non-Muslim speaking up for Muslims. But then also, it was about speaking up for those particular communities. Because I started off with a turban. I started off with my own personal experiences. And I think uh, that, you know, it all kind of came together. And thankfully, sometimes, you know, when you're passionate, when you're angry about something, you want to say one thing, but something else comes out. Mm. Yeah. But thankfully, you know, Rabbadi uh, Mena, as we say in Punjabi, or, you know, thanks to Allah, thanks to God, it just all came out correctly. Sure. What I wanted to say was there. And even when I was stopped uh, in between, you know, by the applause, but I had to quickly compose myself because I hadn't actually come out with, with the final question. Say, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. What, you know, so, yeah, so yeah, yeah. but the, I could easily have been told to sit down by the speaker yeah, or yeah. say, look, you've taken too long or the applause and whatever. Yeah. But yeah, it, it all just, just came together. It all just came, it's you, like the star of the line, mate. And on a final note, I think nowadays a lot of things do go viral online and uh, shared a lot and get a crazy response. Yeah, we had but, a Hadouken videos, mate. Yeah, yeah. It was like, it was like, <laughs> people were sending out memes, like, yeah, like out of You, right, you got good. the meme treatment, <laughs> yeah. but in a very good way. Most of it was positive, Celine. Yeah, it wasn't all, uh, yeah, yeah, right, like, thankfully, most of it was like, it was like game over Boris rather than game over Tam. But there was a lot of, <laughs> I, I had the likes of Katie Hopkins, Julie Hartley, Brew, all those, they uh, came out in a new, until, yeah. in terms of feeling the love, somebody actually put up a massive billboard in Slough. I saw Wow. That, I saw some, that on Twitter. And I, I, I 
trust me, swear on my my life and my kids' life or whatever. I, I to this day I've not met up with those people. I didn't know who the hell did that, Amazing. but that was somebody feeding the love. Yeah, yeah? For there sure. were others feeding the, the hate. The hate. But so, the, so basically, you're saying emails is good, but yeah. billboards. Billboards oh, is that is <laughs> Guys, if you're listening, <laughs> billboards is definitely the way forward. Yeah, if, if you want to big me up or whatever. But no, uh, no seriously though, no. uh, you know that uh, was good. Just put the question to you. Yeah. Um, even though a lot of things do go around that kind of thing, yeah. going forward, how does it not become last week's news? How do how how do you go from here? Look, it, it, that is constantly uh, what's going on. You know, like there's one thing happens, you know, week in, week out. You know, I've been involved in uh, dozens and dozens of campaigns. If you look at uh, my contributions within Parliament, whether it's NHS, whether it's uh, one day about education, um, you know, going viral, right, that's only happened twice in terms of the, whether it's my maiden speech or whether it's this PMQs, but that it shouldn't define me mm, sure. you know uh, yeah, yeah it is it, and it's got to be consistent i've been in public uh service for more than a decade you know within elected office so you know i'm used to constantly you know, you've got changing uh, scenarios uh, changing issues you, you know whether it's austerity whether it's about food banks we've got to raise all of those things uh, but it's not a one-trick pony. No, neither have I been. I won't just be talking about Slough issues or Muslim issues or Sikh issues or uh, food banks. You've got to be multifaceted in your approach. Uh, and even you know my love for cultures, languages. Uh, I've you know tried to make sure that it is a diverse approach yeah. uh, to how I conduct my, my service. You know that is the only way that I, I, I'm used to, and I'll carry on in that same endeavour. So Tan, thank you very much. I can hear people outside. I'm worried that they're going to bust in any minute. Uh, and they're going to carry Salim on their shoulders. <laughs> uh, that is a, a Salim fan club, I think. Hazan, no, I think no, uh, no, we'll no, have no. to take a little step back. Thank yeah, you so much for your pleasure. time. Um, thank this you. has been a, a genuinely really interesting and fascinating chat. Um, again, thank you for the comments that you made and, and for the work that you, you continue to do um, through the APPG. I know the APPGs do a lot of work yeah. and a lot of people don't know about them. That's it. Um, and, and so just keep fighting the good fight. And um, yeah, thank you. Thank you very much, brother. And thank you very much uh, to both of your yourselves and your team that you come out here. Uh, hopefully your listeners won't be bored to death by our conversation <laughs> uh, but thank you for your positivity and thank you for your comments because uh, you don't know uh, I don't think you can quite appreciate the sort of strength that you get because uh, when you have uh, in elected office a lot of haters out there and that can sometimes become burdensome yeah. uh, but when you've got positive people you know uh, that makes such a huge difference thank you so Hassan so Salim thoughts a very interesting conversation i think he um you know what very inspiring for me i think as a man who visibly uh displays his religious association yeah. um within such an institution like parliament yeah um i really commend him as a human to you know video aside viral video aside i think as a person for him to um be be breaking the glass ceiling that he was talking about yes i always find that those people definitely are trailblazers that um from whatever background you are you can definitely look up to someone doing that kind of thing but i think also on top of that um over the course of the conversation both on the podcast and kind of before and after there are for me at least the principles that he kind of uh embodies embodies or just no i mean the stances that he takes on things yeah are, are, are commendable ones. They're ones sure. that, as you said, that like 
his legacy, and I think we discussed it on the podcast, but like this can be a sort of flash in the pan viral moment. Yeah. But your legacy is the work that you do. For real. You're remembered for the, the lifetime of politics. Exactly. What side of, of history you stood on. Exactly. Um, and with regards to kind of everything we discussed when he was talking about Sikh and Muslim relations, he was a lot more keen to focus on historically. He, he was talking about things I've never even come across. Exactly. In yeah. our history of like, Muslims being involved with setting up gurdwaras and and all of that kind of stuff. And and with our with our community, we're often uh, you know the the first to point out any differences or that kind of stuff. But yeah. it's it's very difficult to find someone who seems to really want to just focus on on the positives and and unifying us as yeah yeah as yeah. minorities as um, people in general. You know, he, he was quite yeah. Um, quite outspoken about how Brit- how proudly British he is at the same time as yeah. well. Um, and th- there was one other thing that he mentioned about, about emails and I think it's, it's one thing that's important and I saw a lot of messages going around after his video but I feel like people need to engage with politicians um, when they're doing something right as well as when they're doing something wrong because often we'll always kind of create these um, these kind of template emails to send to your MP when when there's like a bombardment of Gaza, for example, or whatever sure. it might be, that's like a pressure point for Muslims. But whenever like your MP's done something good, we never really reach out. Exactly. Um, and I feel like that's just as important to help steer. And I, I was trying to get from him, and I'm sure you, you, you sense what I was doing, but I was trying to understand what it is that we can use to effectively lobby our MPs. 100%, yeah, that's and, very and important. What What is it that he's really going to pay attention to? And, yeah. and he said quite simply, it was just the emails. Yeah. Because social media, he seemed to fully understand social media, social media. Exactly. Um, maybe and, as younger people, we're more into the whole social media scene with regards to a negative comment is like the end of end of the world. Whereas these guys understand the context of it, yeah. having not been born into social media, if that makes sense. And even for someone like me, who's a world away from politics, I've never sent an email to my MP. I don't think you've ever sent an email full stop. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you don't but, reply to emails, not that much. Um, yeah, just yours. But to be honest <laughs> with you, I think um, it, it just shows that there there is, a um, you know, these emails do get received and sending out these emails do make a difference. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, but yeah, that, that was it. I, I mean, I, I don't have any further comments or thoughts. Do you? Uh, I think I think just definitely that um, moments like these are very easy to look at as oh, this person does done amazing thing. Yeah. But as you said, it's the legacy is the work, and I think um, it will be interesting to see what comes from one hundred in the future. Percent. I, I've, I've bought that one hundred from you. I never you used to one hundred. One hundred. I'd say percent. It, yeah, it just didn't work. So look, the, the one thing I want to commend you on, Hassan, uh, in terms of your performance on the podcast. Okay. You didn't let's, mention. Let's this. You didn't mention that you're a creative. Yes, I know. You, you know, managed I, I was, to hold back. I was trying to see as a creative what could I <laughs> as say. As a creative, I believe hijab. <laughs> just, I'm, I'm, I'm well I hate done. that phrase creative, just so you know. You say it on every I podcast. Hate, I hate that phrase. You say it on every podcast, but we can overlook that. All right, so um, thank you guys very much for, for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Um, as I mentioned, if this is the first time you're tuning into the Muslim Vibe podcast, we have uh, dozens and dozens of great podcasts with fantastic guests, and we talk about a wide variety of of, of things um, Hussam appears on some of them most of them he doesn't because he's too busy actually working and doing photographs and stuff 
You do, pho- you. you do photographs, I right? do photographs, I do video. Yeah, maybe <laughs> one, at one point we'll plug me. I feel really bad, man. I, I, I demean <laughs> his work, but he's actually a very, very talented photographer. I appreciate it. I just don't like telling him this. Um, but yeah, no, be sure to to subscribe. Um, if you're a regular listener and you enjoyed this podcast, you know, feel free to give us a five-star rating. Um, and we'll see you again next week with more great guests and great content. Peace. Peace.